Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here's your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, thank you guys for joining us. I have Jason Jarvis here once again, and uh, he is from Calvary Grace. He is the pastor there, and and uh, he is a friend of the mission. He is a he comes and he helps us in many ways, but one of them is he teaches a class, and he has come and preached on a Friday morning for us at the mission, and so he got to know us not too long ago. Uh, he'd been out a few years earlier than that, but really the more intimate relationship with Jason has been in just this last few months and stuff. But in the in the desire to make our mission what it should be, that shining city on a hill, that where the gospel of Jesus Christ is is preeminent in everything we do, and that we are willing to face the lions and the giants regardless, knowing that Jesus Christ is with us. Now, don't misunderstand me. If you are just coming to Christ and you think that everything's going to be a bed of roses, well, you probably better think again, because sometimes when someone comes to Christ, things get worse. But here's the thing. They get worse on the surface. If you're truly, truly a believer, if God has washed you clean from all your sins, then the one thing that you don't have is you don't have hell waiting for you on the other side of this veil. And you know what? You live long enough and you start to realize how short a span we have. It really is a vapor, a mist that's here today and gone tomorrow. And yet eternity is forever. And yet what do we do? We come and we live in this this tent of flesh. We come and we live here in whatever town we're in, and we're not really here. I mean, we are here, but this isn't our dwelling place. This isn't our home. We are sojourners coming through. And like I've said to you guys before, you know, if you go and you stay in Hawaii and you rent a hotel room, you don't go over to the furniture store and start to redecorate because it's not your home. Well, guess what? This is really not our home. We are on our way home, and every day we get a little closer to that homecoming. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be cognizant of the fact that, man, we need to invest not everything in this world but in the world to come. We need to really be looking at, okay, I'm going to save money so that I can live. I'm going to invest. I'm going to do those things, but it's never going to become my God. Mm -hmm. Never going to become my God. So what is the old saying? You know, plan as if you're going to be here forever, but live a life that if Jesus comes right now, you're ready, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, and, and the whole world lies in the lap of the evil one, yeah. right? I mean, when you're when you aren't a Christian, you have three enemies: the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> when you become a Christian, you get three new enemies: yeah, Satan, the flesh, and this world. That's right. And as long as you're loving the world, you are going the direction of the world, and the world's passing away. Mm -hmm. And so everything's got an expiration date on it. 
Mm-hmm. And so trusting Christ is the only way that you are delivered from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And when people are in that kingdom of darkness, they, they worship, right? They worship, and, and, and I like to define worship as uh, remembering something fondly, serving, or uh, submitting to it, and then serving. That's right. So you remember it fondly, so you want to go back to it so that you'll then submit to it again, and then you'll serve in order to get it all the time. Now, that can be a drug. That can be a car. That can be your marriage, or you remember it fondly, and you submit to it, and you serve to continue to maintain it. Well, that's also should be our relationship with Christ, that we should remember what that's he did. right and then submit to him, and then serve him. But we're always going to worship somebody and something, because we're designed to worship. Oh, that's right. On a regular basis, we need to tear down the Asherah poles. Yeah. You know, and the the altars to Baal. Mm -hmm. We're always having to do that, and that's one of the problems that I see with people, is they think that their battle is directly with the devil himself. Mm -hmm. Your battle isn't with the devil himself. It's already been conquered. Christ has done that. But your battle is, is like you said, with the devil sometimes, the flesh, and the world. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We're so accustomed to wanting the things of the world. This is one of the problems I have when a church decides that they have compromised and altered themselves so much to look like the world. And guess what? They do such a great job. There's no difference between them yeah. and the world. Yeah. So what did, what do right. I need them for? <laughs> what you attract them with, what you attract them to is what you attract them with is what you attract them to. Right. right? And so if if people if, if if a church is full of people and they're all doing things that they would do outside of church anyway, then That's right. then it's then, <laughs> what's the difference? Then it's right? a club. It's not really a church. But when you're when your whole when your soul focuses on what Christ can do and how you want to exalt him and you want to proclaim him and you want to display him. And it's, it's amazing to see people serve him in ways that, that they, they spend their lives to do it. They spend their money to do it. They spend their time to do it. And it's just, it's, you, you're surprised at what people are willing to give when they follow Christ. It's absolutely true. You know, uh, all the time that I was sick with COVID and I was really sick, uh, my prayer was that I could love God with all my heart, with all my mind, and mm-hmm. with all my soul. Mm-hmm. And yes, as my strength too. And I didn't have any strength. But the good news when we don't have any strength is when we are weak. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, yeah. I like that. I like that saying: "Live loved." Yeah, it's being aware that His love for you doesn't change, and His love for you was never founded in you. No. It was always simply because he is a loving God, and mm-hmm. so he wants to free you from things that keep you from experiencing his love, yeah, which yeah. is really, which is really, that is, that is hard love sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, I, I like what uh, I heard when someone had said, you know what, I, matter of fact, it was Paul David Tripp in a book that he wrote. I use a daily devotional by him. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I know him, I yeah. think I gave you one. If not, I'll give you one yeah. next time you're in. It's a great little one-page devotional. He's a, he is a solid believer, but he's honest about things. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he says, you know, I am always more—I I see myself more righteous than I really am, and everybody else less righteous than they might be, right? <laughs> yeah. 
And he says things like he becomes a grace amnesiac. Mm -hmm. And that's true. We forget, Mm -hmm. you know. And also, we are more willing to want God to give us grace that we're not willing to give other people. Yeah. But he also said that it's important to remember that God never loved you more on your best day or less on your worst day. Mm -hmm. That. Mm The totality of his love lays on you right now. You're not working your way into a better relationship with him. You know, if I do this, he's going to love me more. Oh, if I do this, he's he's going to be mad at me. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Yes, he will chastise those that he loves, but that's for our growth and for our good. Mm-hmm. It's not out of anger. It's not uh, because he became frustrated with us. You did that again? Right. No, that's yeah. that's not how it works. Yeah, and the and the amazing trouble God went through to mm-hmm. demonstrate His love. No, I mean man. the fact that He sent His Son to live a life, a whole life. He was a kid. He was a baby. He grew up. He experienced everything. He grew in wisdom. He had to grow in wisdom and suffering in order to be a fitting sacrifice for us. So there's nothing that I've that I'm ever going to experience that Jesus hasn't already experienced on my behalf for me and but and, sinlessly yeah but sinlessly and this is the, this is this is the message of the union gospel mission That's it's right. telling people we we might not understand your suffering like i've never been on drugs i've never right. been drunk or anything like that i've never been homeless but i know someone who can completely identify with you no matter what degree of brokenness you've experienced and that person is christ because he was broken under the wrath of God for our sin, God put his put he became sin for us. That's right, right. And so I I am that is our that is what that's what's so exciting about this. That's what energizes me about the mission and about being there and being part of that is that there's there's a savior who's good at saving, and he actually changes people He's and actually get, makes gives them new lives. Brand new lives, and it's amazing, and and it's so neat to see that. I mean, just this morning I was in there, and and their faces light up. I mean, they are excited about this. They're coming up to me afterwards just amazed at, we're talking about the Holy Spirit, about the fact that God dwells in them now. God Mm -hmm. dwells in a guy living at Union Gospel Mission? Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he dwelled in a guy that was a persecutor of Christians. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's an amazing thing. It's a beautiful thing. And, you know, it's it's funny, too, because Jason and I didn't talk after his class uh, right away. And one of the guys came up and he said, hey, you know, <laughs> he was saying this and this. And, and I explained from our point of view what that was. And it was in accord with what you were teaching. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know what exactly he was looking for, but I, I think I think his heart was joyful yeah. in the message that you get. And I don't think he'd heard it that way before. Right. I think I think I think one of the things that a lot of these programs do is they point people towards being an addict and mm-hmm. saying they're an alcoholic or yeah. saying these things and they rehearse that over and over and yeah. over and over. And what you really need to be rehearsing is what the Bible says yeah. about you. And the Bible doesn't say that once you've stopped drinking that you're that you're still an alcoholic. The Bible would say if Christ has changed you, you're a new creation. creation. You right. have new desires. That's right. In fact, you've been so changed. It's almost like you were a tadpole before and you lived in the mud. 
mm-hmm. and God took you out of that and gave you lungs. Mm-hmm. Now, you could go back in the muck, and you might desire to go back in the muck, but because you have lungs, you can't, you can't stay now. there. And that's what Christ does for that's people right. who are trapped in their sin. He frees them from their sin. He that's robs right. them of their sin and and changes their heart and gives them a new desire. He actually stamps on their heart a love for him that could not come any other way other than God giving it to you. That's all right. My, uh, you know, that is exactly right. He writes his word on our heart that mm-hmm. we might not sin against him. And that doesn't mean he just gives us the law so that we remember what he said. No, it's impressed on our heart. It's it's something that that is now emanates from yeah. us. Yeah, and the people look at us and they see, they see right. Christ in us because we have been stamped or marked by his presence in us now because we have the very same spirit that Jesus had when he walked the earth. That's just amazing. Well, you know, uh, that's why when I first got to the mission, I, I would not let anybody say, hey, I'm John, I'm an alcoholic or whatever, because you cannot allow your sin to define who you right, are. Right, right. And so if you're the redeemed of Christ, and I will ask people, okay, do you think that Rahab, when she was freed from Jericho as a prostitute, do you think that she was now— the prostitute of Israel? No, she was a redeemed of Israel, was yeah. she not? Yeah. Okay, so she didn't go around saying, hey, you know, I'm Rahab, I'm the prostitute, you right. know, that right. you know, thanks for saving me, you know, but I'm a prostitute. Right. She didn't say that. And I don't care what any of the theologians say about the difference in the spelling, mm-hmm. but you see Rahab's name in the list of the genealogy of Christ himself, and even though there might be a different spelling, I truly believe that's the same person because mm-hmm. there's no reason right. to pause there, right. you know? Yeah, yeah. And so who is she? She's a redeemed of Israel. She mm-hmm. is a redeemed of God. Mm-hmm. She is the one who has been made righteous. And you know what? This prostitute made righteous, this drug addict made righteous, this... This uptight, solid citizen dwelling in a penthouse, doing the right thing, going to church, but still not loving God, mm-hmm. when he comes, he's the redeemed as well. Mm-hmm. And again, we cannot be defined by our sin. Right, right. And it's interesting. I don't know if you ever heard this, this story. I think it's Martin Lloyd-Jones maybe recounted this, this idea. Um, he says, um, if Satan ran Philadelphia, or we could say if Satan ran Sacramento— the children would all obey. They would all say, yes, ma'am, yes, sir. Sure. All the marriages would be good, and, and, and nobody would be getting divorces, and everybody would go to church mm-hmm. where Christ is not preached. Yeah. Because that's what, that's what, that's no what Satan wants. Satan wants everything in nice, neat, in order without Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the very thing that people get when they come to the Union Gospel Mission. They get the person of Christ. That's right. They don't get new rules, although there are there are standards and there are things you got to do because you got to be responsible to have a job there and such. But Correct. ultimately, it's the Spirit who enables these men to then serve one another, and that's what you see when you go there. And I would encourage I would encourage you to go check it out and ask for a tour and meet you some bet. of these men. Because it is really amazing how they care for, they're not thinking about themselves. 
They're actually thinking about their job. They're thinking about other people. And actually this week, they're all praying that the love of God would pour out into their hearts by the Holy Spirit. That's Amen. what that's what they're all that's was their homework this week in class that they would be praying for that. And you know, if you want to see Christ at work, go to the Union Gospel Mission. You'll see Christ's power on display, and that is that will blow your mind. and And talk to these guys. Sit down with them. I was talking to some of them today. They just have such joy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've I've preached at a lot of churches. Yeah, me Union, too. <laughs> Union Gospel Mission has more joy than many of the churches that I've preached in. And that's a bad Sad. comment for the churches, but it's still, it's it shows that when the Spirit's at work among guys who are being transparent about their sin and know their real need for Christ, there's no other place. I, that's the closest to heaven as you can get. I, I couldn't agree with you more. The reality of what we see every day is transformed hearts. Mm-hmm. And in a transformed heart that's filled with joy... I mean, it's an amazing thing to behold. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's 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 if only one person ever came to that understanding, it'd all be worth it. Right. And, you know, we can't make them do that. Right. I can't, you know, somebody asked me, well, how many people have you saved? I counted it <laughs> up and uh, none. <laughs> because guess what? I've never had enough righteousness to save myself, right. let alone you. Mm-hmm. But... We serve a, an amazing God, and all we he's asking us to do is be the hands and feet. You tell people. Yeah. Go out and yeah. tell people yeah. about me. Our job is to praise him. He took care of the sin. That's right. Right? So our job now is just to praise him and have fellowship with him and love him and be loved by him. Really that's be right. loved by You know, that's the hardest thing, I think. I think the hardest thing is not, oh, I'm supposed to love God. I think it's harder to accept the fact that he loves you. I think that's I harder. I think you're right. I think that's. I think that needs to be something that we ask God for is to really convince me of how much you love me. He's a good, good father, and we're loved by him. And that's that's our role. Our role is to be loved because we need that. He doesn't need anything. He doesn't even need my love. He didn't have my love when he saved me. <laughs> well, he never needed mankind to begin that's with. That's right. He had unity with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's there was, right. Perfect love right there. But he chose yeah. that out of his great love. And to your point, I mean, I can't bring anything to the table. <laughs> that's right. I mean, God didn't say, gee, I really need this guy. Uh, matter of fact— you do have to realize that God loves you because if you're truthful with yourself, there's got to come a time you go, I don't know why he saved me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, why Why not someone else? Because you you do. You look at, especially in your own families at yeah. times, right? You look at your family. Mm-hmm. I had a friend who had a, he had like eight, eight brothers and sisters, and he was the only one who was saved. And he's just perplexed about that. Why, why would God save me? And brokenhearted, too. Yeah, yeah. You know, I got to tell you, uh, I've told the folks before, quite a while ago, I guess, but I was in the hospital years ago. Uh, I was bleeding internally, and and it was a rough night. Uh, They'd sewed me up, and it started to bleed again. I hadn't slept. I was weary. And weariness can be really Mm -hmm. the devil's tool. Yep, yep. And so all night long, I'm bleeding, and in and the doctor finally came and he said, "Look, look, it's fresh blood, so that's a good sign." He said, "We may have to go back in and cauterize it, but don't worry." But of course, you do because mm-hmm. I'm thinking about my wife and my family and all that kind of stuff. And God is so good. And to your point, 
our love, it, it's more important he loves us, mm-hmm. right? And so in the morning, I turned on the TV and I put on a very limited amount of channels in Auburn at the time. And uh, Charles Stanley happened to be on. And uh, his text was, now check this out, I could hear in my, not literally, don't misunderstand me, but the flesh and the devil and everything else conspires together to say, I saved you, and you've never been a good Christian. I made you a pastor, and you have never been a good pastor. I made you the director of the Union Gospel Mission, and you have failed me time and time again. Nothing that God would say anyway, but haunted by these things. uh, These verses were given to me from Isaiah 41, and this is the key, I. I took you from the ends of the earth, from the furthest corners I called you. I said to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and have not rejected you. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you uh, and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. There were more verses, and they were penetrating to my heart because, again, it it gave me the understanding and the illustration. It's not me. Mm-hmm. If it's me, I'm going to fail. Mm-hmm. If you look to me as your standard, I'm going to let you down. I guarantee I'm going to let you down. I won't want to, but I will. If it's me, I'm stealing his glory. That's right, and I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tell a congregation, when I preach a message— Check it. Be Berean about right. it. Uh, there's nobody that I know, no pastor, that I wouldn't check to see if he's right. Right. And there's some that are squared away. Mm-hmm. But we have two minutes, so I know last time we, we kind of we had to abruptly end. So is there anything that you'd like to tell everybody? I would just like to ask those who are listening who are believers to uh, take time and Go in your room, close your door, and pray to your Heavenly Father in secret, and uh, your Heavenly Father in secret, who, he- who hears in secret, will reward you. And I'm saying go in and pray for uh, this mission, that you would uh, ask the Lord to... Um, it says, Jesus says at the end of teaching these disciples to pray, that he gives the Holy Spirit at mm-hmm. the end of this, of, of Luke 11. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what... Uh, you can pray for the Union Gospel mission, is that God would give himself to us in a fresh way, in a, in a, in a very real way, in a revival kind of way. Um, and, and trust me, if you go into your room and close your door and pray to your Heavenly Father in secret, it says he's going to reward you. And I think the reward is that you get more of God. And that's you can have as much of God as you want. It's just the trouble is we just don't want as much as he's willing to give. Yes, and remember what... Uh what Jason said a little while ago, that yes, he gives gives us the desires of our heart, and when we come, the desire of our heart is usually pretty selfish. But the good news is he changes that. He gives you that heart of flesh, and I don't mean flesh like sin. And then as he transforms that heart into what his will is, Mm -hmm. he gives us the desires of our heart. So we're uh, we're kind of out of time, but I'm going to ask my brother 
to come back again. So as always, my dear friends, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Thank you. You've been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.